Well, last weekend was it, October 21st. Why is that date so important? Well, to people in the automotive industry, it's just any old day. To people at work, it's just any old day. But to the car-loving public as myself, it's a day that's part of our car culture. October 21st, 2015. If you've watched this movie, you understand. And you understand the significance of the automobile industry and the impact this movie had on one specific brand and cars in general. Yes, today. This week we're paying homage to October 21st 2015 the day we went into the future well the future from 1985 as back to the future number two brought us 30 years into the future and well as we've seen in today's world it's not exactly as Robert Zemeckis had put it out so sit back relax and take a listen to the Autolooks podcast <laughs> Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. The Autolux Podcast is hosted by podbeam.com and distributed by Ecom Entertainment Group. I'd like to give a good shout out to a few of the podcasts that we've recently been on. Another top 10, if you haven't listened to it, it's pretty good. We talk about our favorite Disney movies, a little different than our cars. And Driven to Compete, if you want to hear the story about how the doctor to the automotive industry is helping to influence the automotive world through the Autolux.net website and how he has coached more than one child in the racing world. So like I said in the beginning, back to the future. Well, we all know its date, October 21st, 2015. That's the day we went into the future. And when I was a child and I saw Back to the Future 2, I saw something really cool and I'm like, I hope the world is gonna be kinda like this, but, but look like this. I want my flying cars. That is cool. Well, the thought of time travel was cool as well, but that's something that never came to fruition as well. Back to the Future was a cult classic movie. And the odd thing about it is that its original cast wasn't exactly as you see it. And the original concept wasn't as you see it. The original concept for Back to the Future originally had a refrigerator as the time machine. A feeling that children might play in fridges and this could lead to, you know, a few lawsuits or trap children and some issues. They decided to change it to an automobile. Well, as Doc Brown said it, if you're going to do it, might as well do it with some style. Utilizing a DeLorean DMC-12 not only helped catapult DeLorean back into the limelight, but also created a cult classic car surrounding a vehicle that was poorly built, poorly received, and went bankrupt before it ever even took off. DeLorean was a car company where if you've listened to our podcast about John Z. DeLorean, you would understand that this was a visionary vehicle for the future, but unfortunately, its follow-through wasn't done properly. Well, that just made it right for a vehicle to use. The DeLorean was a vehicle synonymous with the early 80s as the vehicle of the future. And not only choosing this because of its iconic look, but its stainless steel complexion, which could allow you to travel through time a lot easier than just a standard steel refrigerator. Hell, shout out to my home city. We thank DeLorean and their stainless steel because that kept our nickel mines going for a bit longer. But this iconic car of the early 80s was just as iconic as some of the people in the way they 
dressed. Well, as we all know, Marty McFly is played by Michael J. Fox. But did you know that he wasn't the original cast for that part? Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg really wanted Michael J. Fox. But unfortunately, Family Ties was just too big and he couldn't give up the time away from his primetime television series to focus on a movie. So they started filming Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. Now, if you go back and you check online about what Eric Stoltz looked like, hell, you even write Eric Stoltz Back to the Future and you'll find images and videos of him filming all kinds of scenes. Like, they filmed a lot of this movie with Eric Stoltz, which they had to go back and refill over a year later with Michael J. Fox when he finally became available. Eric Stoltz brought the 80s to Back to the Future, the same way the DeLorean did. But the DeLorean being a car that disappeared from the world around it made it that iconic cult classic, similar to that of the Tucker Torpedo, a failed attempt by another American to build a new car company. This thing wasn't just a cult classic, this thing was going to change the way we see American cars. And Eric Stoltz, with his big hair and 80s flamboyant style, really would have set that part more into the 80s role of when that movie was filmed. With Michael J. Fox's down-to-earth looks and appeal, he brought a sense of generations to the Back to the Future movie, where he can easily be put into the 50s a lot easier than Eric Stoltz could have. Michael J. Fox was somebody who can make this movie a timeless classic, where years later, hell, decades later, you could sit back and watch this movie and it doesn't feel like one of those drawn-out, boring 1980s movies like Sixteen Candles or Pretty in Pink. When you watch movies like that, you think Ultimate 80s. Hey, Fast Times at Ridgemont Highs brings out the 80s and all of it as well. But back to the future, Michael J. Fox and his appearance and Christopher Lloyd is a timeless classic. Even though it was shot in 1985, originally it still seems prevalent today. Now besides this movie catapulting the DeLorean back into the public's eye, it also showcased time travel. Something we've heard about a long time before this, but nothing done with a car before. And utilizing nuclear technology, from which was big in the 80s, and the fact that terrorism was still out there. Well, it still is today. And terrorists were looking for ways to build these bombs. Made it a very good catalyst for a backstory of how Doc Brown can get the material he required for his time machine. Instead of having a backstory about him stealing it and trying to get away from the cops. He just took it from some Libyan nationals, built them a crappy bomb on a pinball machine, parts, and kept the plutonium to power his car. 1.61 gigawatts. <sighs> That's a lot of power. The original movie didn't really showcase a whole heck of a lot for the automotive industry. Showcasing that 1949 Ford convertible driven by Biff Tannen was one of the only aspects of the automobile industry besides the DeLorean. Now, this was a classic car for the 50s, something that everybody would have had and everybody wanted. A convertible two-door is what all the teenage boys really wanted to go around and go cruising with. If they had put Biff in a pickup truck or even a 55 Bel Air, it wouldn't have been the same as that 49 Ford convertible. A classic from the past. And it showcases to us that Biff also had a used vehicle. Not brand new. Where when you watch a lot of movies out there, they put a lot of the main characters in brand new cars. Biff showcased to us that he purchased something used. This is 1955. He's driving around on a car that's six years old. Sure, there were a lot of older vehicles even still kicking around on the streets back then. But Biff wasn't driving a brand new 55 T-Bird. No, he was driving 49 Ford. This put the spotlight on drag races, or as he said in the second movie, he rolled his car on a drag race. 
Before this happened, though, being chased by the terrorists in a microbus, a symbolic automobile of the 1980s. The microbus with a removable roof makes it so easy for the nationalists to get the bazooka out to try and take out Marty. Try and do that today, and that would be a glass panel roof, where if he accidentally hit it while taking the bazooka out, it would smash into millions of pieces. A fabric foldable roof is so much easier than the microbus had it. Now, over the course of the three movies, the automobile industry actually got showcased in every format, even when they went back to 1885. Yeah, there's a part there. Trains were really big, and they put the DeLorean onto rail wheels. Rail cars, even single-use rail vehicles for people, were in existence in 1885. But you also have to remember, 1885 is where Carl Benz created his multi-wagon. Kind of funny that 100 years previous, to the release of that movie is when the automobile industry really started. Did anybody pick up on that? No. They just thought it was just convenient that it was a perfect hundred years in the past. But look at the differences. If you're ever wondering why Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg made the future look the way it did with all the technology that it had, well, look at the hundred years previous to 1985. Look at the difference between Hill Valley in 1885, 1955, and 1985. There are major differences between every single decade. 1885, there were no automobiles. There were no roads. It was the Wild West. It was a train. And hell, even the railroads weren't even finished at that point in time. Fast forward to the 50s, and there's roads and the small town. But it's still mostly made up of agricultural society. A small town servicing the agricultural world around it. Jump forward only 30 years to 1985, and that whole world is turned upside down. Hill Valley is now a sprawling city with subdivisions and all these old farmland. It's growing exponentially. And the vehicles have changed. We now went from trains to full-body steeled vehicles to a stainless steel complexion vehicle of the 80s. We've gone from welded hard steel to formed steel to square abutting edges. Even the designs of the cars over the course of Back to the Future are completely different every decade. Similar to that of the automobile industry. Make Back to the Future now go back 30 years. We're in 1993. That DeLorean wouldn't look that out of place in 1993. Even if it was the brand new DeLorean by DeLorean Next Generation Cars, the one that John Z. DeLorean's daughter is trying to build. Utilizing that car and going back to 1993 isn't that much different than the products that were existing back then. Gotta remember, 93 is right around the time that the Chrysler Concorde and Dodge Intrepid were starting to come out. These cab-forward designs, bubble headlights, and rounded curvatures. The 90s designs only had some aspects that were different than from today. Whereas between 1985 and 1955, they changed exponentially. A DeLorean in 1955 looks out of place. Hell, a DeLorean in 1965 is out of place, but not out of this world. It's thought of. Gotta remember the Coontash came out, and it was setting the world on fire. Wedge Designs. The DeLorean may be the main thing behind the Back to the Future movie, but there's still one other vehicle from that movie that everybody knows and loves. Yeah, we're talking about that 1985 Toyota Tacoma SR5 with a roll bar in the back and KC lights. How the thing's lifted with black rims. It showcased aftermarket modifications to pickup trucks in the 1980s. And the Toyota Tacoma is where things were going. It was showcasing to the world. This is 
where the world is going. And the Toyota Tacoma is what people want. You see the Tacoma on the back of a truck at the very beginning of the movie. By the end of the first movie, he opens the garage to find his truck. The second movie, only at the beginning, where the first one ends, do you see the Tacoma. You have to wait until the third movie, when he finally gets behind the wheel and gets to drive his truck. And that is when he runs into one of the most famous people to appear in the Back to the Future movies. It is 1985. Christopher Lloyd just got off of doing Taxi with Andy Kaufman. So his star is up there. Michael J. Fox is doing Family Ties. His star is up there. But a new up-and-coming California band just coming out. Out, their bassist decides to play a part in the movie. The bassist is Flea, and he plays Needles. Needles, a character that shows up in both the second and third movie. He shows up as a supervisor in the second movie who gets him fired. And in the third movie, he calls him Chicken and wants to drag race him. Well, Needles also rolls up in a 78 Ford F-150. Pure chrome roll bar in the back. Orange color and chrome glistening from head to tail. This 78 F-150 50 is the epitome of aftermarket modifications at this time. It showcases to us where we came from in the 70s and we were heading in the 80s with the Tacoma. It showcases to us that these are new, amazing products. It makes a generation of kids want to build that thing. If you go back on my auto looks, a few years back I lost cousin. I wrote an article about him and the thing about it is that was my same cousin who introduced me to Back to the Future. He showed me the DeLorean, told me about it, introduced me to this amazing world. Well, I lost him a few years ago, but uh, growing up, when he found his first vehicle was a Tacoma SR5. Now, it wasn't the same as Back to the Future, but he still bought a Tacoma SR5 and always owned Toyotas. And I always thought it was kind of weird, considering the fact that, you know, he came from a family of Hondas. But then I started putting it together. My cousin was just as obsessed with Back to the Future as I was. Hell, every time I went to my aunt and uncle's place, I watched that movie. If he was coming home from work or friend's place, he would sit down and watch it with me. He loved it. And that's why he got his Tacoma. And the Tacoma from the movie is what inspired him to get that truck. Inspiration. I don't know if you've ever watched the show American Dad, but American Dad is building his own DeLorean. But he's building it because of the corporate memory behind it. John Z. DeLorean standing up to the major corporations and building his American car. Where his son is obsessed with Back to the Future and wants that DeLorean. Well, that DeLorean is back. And you you could purchase new ones. If you've been to the site and seen DeLorean.com, they are the company who bought out all of the remaining stock of the DeLorean parts so they can rebuild the cars. Well, now they have a limited production run and you can purchase brand new DeLoreans. Back to the Future kept the dream alive for John Z. DeLorean and it kept the car alive. But at the end of the first movie, Biff looks up and sees the DeLorean and moves into the future. A hover conversion. We have telephone glasses. We have hoverboards. All this amazing new technology. Hello if you weren't paying attention, USA Today, when they take the picture of them coming out of City Hall, it's with a drone that takes a picture. Very reminiscent of um, the actual droids looking for the rebels on the snow planet. It's kind of funny, but if you didn't pick up on it, yeah, it's a little uh, Star Wars-esque in Back to the Future 2. A lot of this was technology that was coming about in 2015, but never came out. Hoverboards were a completely different thing. Hoverboards were a two-wheel skateboard that you rode on horizontally. It didn't hover above the ground like it did in the movies. 
They attempted to make this, and you can go online and find videos about this, where Lexus did this amazing thing for Back to the Future that year, in 2015, saying they created a hoverboard. Well, no, they embedded a steel track into the ground, and magnetism caused it to float. If you went off the track, you went right flat on your ass. Hoverboards and hover conversions haven't come about yet. That technology is still a ways out there. And even if that technology had come out in the 80s, widespread adoption to the point that they showcased in Back to the Future 2 still wouldn't have happened. To get those massive freeways could take 30 years before the first one even gets installed. Hell, how long has Tesla been going with their supercharger stations? And we're still not covered with them. It takes a long time. Now, telephone glasses, Google Glass, did that. Hell, we're even working on the technology long before 2015. But the one thing that really stands out, and the one thing that everybody says, hey, why the hell don't we have it with cars or anything else, is Mr. Fusion. Well, if you go back to the early 2000s, Rinspeed, if you haven't heard of them, go and look them up. They're a technology company who builds concepts and works on brand new technology from around the world for all new car companies. Developed a go-kart that ran the exact same way as Mr. Fusion. They used compostable waste methane to power this car. It was essentially, not to the exact same concept as just throw garbage in and away you go, but it was a catalyst for Mr. Fusion. We haven't reached that point yet, but Doc was showcasing to us that in the future, we won't have to rely on nuclear technology and the world can become more green. Well, by 2015, we started to notice that we needed to cut back on emissions. Oh, that's around the time that Tesla started taking off. People started looking at a green alternative for powering our vehicle. Mr. Fusion hasn't been reintroduced, but it's something that could be. Back to the Future wasn't just a great movie. It was a great story that showcased to us an amazing car. Its focus was Marty McFly and Doc Brown, but everybody watches that movie for one main purpose, the DeLorean. The main star of Back to the Future is the car. Every movie poster, every t-shirt, every hat has the car in it. The car is the star. And Back to the Future may not know it, but that movie is more about the car than about the people driving it. Back to the Future brought DMC back, not back to life, but back to the forefront of people's eyes. It showcased to us that something old can become something new. And due to the fact that there were thousands of these things just lying around super dirt cheap, it made it easy choice for Rob Zemeckis, it's Steven Spielberg, to choose the DeLorean over other products. Its demise essentially created its future. Are we going back to the future yet? Well, yes. Just this year, in 2023, DeLorean released the new Alpha 5. And then John Z. DeLorean's daughter is working on a new company called DeLorean Next Generation, or DNG, which is creating two vehicles now. One based off a Corvette and another one completely electric to bring back the original DeLorean. John may be gone, and well, we all miss him, but the GTO and the DMC-12 will live on. And his name will live on, thanks to both this movie and his car. Now, for myself, I'm going to take a step back, go sit down on my couch, and put Back to the Future to it. Because I want to go back to the future of when things had multiple possibilities. I'm going to go back to my childhood. And to get there, I'm going to have to use my favorite number and go 88 miles an hour. 
So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it. If you've got some info about Back to the Future you want to share with us, contact us over at email at autolux.net, and we'll get you set up if you want to do an interview about your information and yourself with the Autolux podcast, feel free to email us. Now, after you've done that, after you've shared this podcast with your friends and family and told them all about it and gone on social media and blasted it everywhere and clicked the like button at the bottom to like both the Autolux podcast page and the Autolux Facebook, Twitter, hell even Dr. Auto Industries Instagram page. Head on over to the autolux.net, take a check on the website and read some of our reviews on cars and check out some of the corporate links websites. We have links to every car company we have talked about within this podcast. If you'd like to see the brand new DeLorean cars, they are available on the corporate links website page on autolux.net. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by Podbean.com. If you'd like to get in touch with the doctor to the auto industry, Mr. Everett J. himself, send an email over to email at autolux.net. So for myself, the Autolux website, and all of these great vibes, strap yourself in and prepare to get up to 88 miles per hour and enjoy the ride.